0: I draft zero RB in dynasty, pass up a young receiver, nah, I couldn't be mean, my fifth wide receiver ran it's only round seven, not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Nah, forget what he said, and listen to me, what you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank, those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great, it's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome and welcome and welcome in episode 57 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanlution, like Revolution, but with my name at the start, Evan, Evan Lucian. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates or you can drop an email, dynasty debates at gmail.com. There are many ways to get in touch, and you probably should. Apologies, I just realized yesterday's episode did not have the intro music, my bad. Oh well, blooper reel, I suppose, it's out there. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Jacob, with a K, he's a great dude, Canadian though he be, will not hold that against him. Make sure and give him a follow if you don't already, he is well worth it, at FF underscore RTDB. He is a lead analyst at Player Profiler and the co-founder of the Dynasty Tilt podcast. So we covered off some chat, some intro yesterday, just talking about his process and what he likes and doesn't like about scouting. And then we cover off round one. Today is going to be a shorter episode. Try and get you back in the swing of things. We're going to cover off round two of a twelve-team, one QB rookie mock draft, taking turns, talking through our picks, and just giving you an idea where you can expect those picks to land. Hope you enjoy it.
1: Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation. A rookie fever.
2: So here we are back again, and Jacob with a K, Jacob with a K K is going to continue to. Um, he's getting the first pick again, so he gets the first pick again to start the second round. So it's not as exciting, but there are some interesting guys, some guys I'm curious on. I really am curious now that we've gotten past the quote unquote, you know, sort of consensus. I think, I don't think there was any two biggest shock surprises in the first round. Maybe Watson was a little bit of a surprise, but this is where I think it starts to get interesting. You start to see flavors. Um, and so I'm really curious here. What are you going to do at the two Oh one? What are you going to lead us off with here, Jacob?
1: Yeah. So things got gross real fast all of a sudden, because now now, like there's players that I really like, but who might get drafted on day three. And that's kind of everybody that's left or those players I just don't think are very good who I think will get drafted on day two. And I don't like either of those options. So I'm going to do something um, weird and I'm going to draft a tight end. <laughs> um, so uh, so I'm going to take uh, Trey McBride, who I think is the clear cut uh, top tight end in this class. Uh in one quarterback, like I tend to value the tight end position quite highly just because it it creates the shallower league environments where teams are get saturated at wide receiver, they end up moving towards running back, and like I just want elite players at every position in a one QB format because the depth becomes a little bit less important without that super flex element. And so I don't know necessarily if Trey McBride is going to become an elite tight end, of course, but I just want to take shots at that position on guys that have high ceilings. And I mean, at his age, if Trey McBride really hits in a really big way, he's a guy that has a a clear path to eventually becoming this massively valuable player. And I just think in most circumstances in a one QB league, I don't really need my second round picks to become immediate starters for me. So I, I would rather avoid the risk of some of these other guys who I like more potentially but who might just not get drafted highly, uh, who might just not be good and might bust out immediately. I'm just going to sort of store some value on my bench uh, with my guy, Trey McBride, uh, and then hope that he really pops for me uh, down the line. But clear cut to me, top tight end in this class. I mean, his production is, is really, really phenomenal. Just outside of this universe, phenomenal, like almost hitting three receiving yards per pass attempt, which is like 99th percentile for tight ends in his third and his fourth year. And then you add in that he ran reportedly in the mid four fives, like it's rocket ship emoji for me on Trey McBride.
2: <laughs> no, I think you're, I think you're, you're with the consensus that I think most people have Trey McBride as their tight end one um, in this class. And that makes sense. I I totally understand. Even if it's not tight end premium, I totally am with you. I, I'm a big, um, you know, get a, get an elite tight end sort of guy myself. I feel like it does give you such an advantage in your league. So I'm a hundred percent on board with that. It is a weird, it is definitely a weird board now because For me, especially like with the running backs, I've always said like after the first three, it's so gonna be just draft capital Mm. dependent for me. Like who's going in the second round, who's going in the third round, who has a good spot? Those are guys guys gonna be bumped up my board. So without knowing that, there's only a couple of wide receivers left that I'm really, really interested in. Like I really want that. I think that there's decent Mm. chance that they could be um they could be fairly impactful at, at the NFL level. It's a tough one because There's two that I'm really interested in here. And I feel like I've heard you talk about one of them. So I'll probably take him just on the off chance that the other one might fall back to me here. I'm going to take Khalil Shakir. Oh, Um, yeah. I love him. Wow. I love Khalil Shakir. Big Khalil Shakir fan. um i think that you know what christian watson lacks in his production profile (laughs) khalil shakir has that in bucket loads um you know he's just somebody that looked like and for me watching him on film seemed to get better every year he looked like he produced more every year um you know he just he actually ran better than a lot of people were saying he would so he's got a little bit more speed and athletic profile looks really solid to me Hmm. Again, he's at that size where he could very well be in the slot in the NFL level, but I've seen him, you know, bl- split out wide quite a lot. He did he did those Debo type uh rushes out of the backfield being used on jet sweeps. Boise State just funneled the ball to him. Like every third down I was like, where's Shakir? We need Shakir. <laughs> so I love him. I think he very has a very realistic shot at getting at least third round draft capital you know I, I could easily see him going in the third round uh um, maybe fourth round um you know just because he's had a really solid um pre or sorry pre-draft process you know he did a really good job um at the senior bowl he had a really good combine there's been a lot of solid sort of buzz leading up about him i really like him here so it's maybe a little bit earlier than i would want to take him but at this stage it's like one of the guys that i don't want to miss out on so i don't want to take that chance like oh he should be here two or three more picks later
1: I mean, I like the Shakir pick. Uh, I'm hoping to be able to get him like in a lot of my late seconds, early thirds in Superflex. This is this is earlier than I expect him to go, but I think it's about where he should go. I think he's a really solid prospect and I think he'll probably be drafted uh, late in day two. I'll take a guy whose draft capital is maybe a little bit more shaky after his combine performance, but is, is, uh, uh, his production profile is certainly not shaky. Um, the tiers of... Debbie players for years and years gather around now to see the 203 go to David Bell, former <laughs> Debbie wide receiver one in the 2022 draft class. Uh, I mean, I, I like David Bell as much as I've always liked David Bell. Uh, I think he is a good wide receiver. I think he's, he know, just knows how to play wide receiver. He knows how to get open. He knows how to get yards after the catch. He's efficient with his uh, movement. And, and it, I think that I just don't think that it's an accident to constantly produce um, in the Big Ten game after game after game and year after year. uh, If you don't have some sort of reason behind it, he profiles like studs profile, and obviously he's not athletic, so he must be doing something right. We'll see. If the NFL says that it's not translatable and they draft him in round four, then maybe it's not translatable. But I'm still holding out hope just based off of how many teams need wide receivers right now in the National Football League that someone's going to take a shot on this guy in, this, in the late second uh, round of the draft or even round three. And I think that the guys who profile like him both in terms of production and not being all that athletic you look at Keenan Allen's Robert Woods's, Jarvis Landry's like these has got Anquan Uh, These guys have gone on to have very good careers. So I think if the NFL is willing to take a shot on them in on day two, I'm certainly willing to take a shot. on
2: him. Yeah. David Bill's one of those guys for me. I don't know if you ever find this because you come from more of an analytical background, but I don't know if you ever, I find like one or two of these guys, every class where it's just, I, I don't get it. You know what I mean? Like I know that everyone else really likes them and I'm like, I should like them. And I just, don't, I don't like him. So for me, David Bell's like that guy, um, where like I totally get the arguments and I get the production and all that sort of stuff. But when I'm just watching him, I just don't get excited by him. Um, I don't like some of the things that I see, but no, 100%. Like I'm pro, I'm probably wrong. I get that. So it's just like one of those guys where I'm like, I just don't get it with David Bell. Um, but here again, you're like, you can't go wrong, especially if he's getting that draft capital and things like that. In the second, yeah, I mean, round. Bell's an
1: interesting guy where it's kind of like this market aspect for me where like, that's where I kind of end up falling in the middle a lot of times on guys. Like I love David Bell, like coming from like, I trust in the analytical process that says Bell is a stud. Um, if he gets a draft capital, I, I think that it's likely that he will be good. But I sort of got off this train, I think a lot earlier than others did where like I had, I had him in Debbie and I was like trying to get off him. Cause I've started looking at the mock drafts. I was like, Oh, this guy, like the NFL does not value this guy the way fancy Twitter values this guy. Um, and you know, then i I mean, I, I watch him enough on film to like, not care what I think, he does on film because I just don't care about my own film takes. But I'm like, yeah, this guy is definitely not fast, so he's definitely not going to like put stuff on tape at the combine. And so for most of the off season, I was like, we just you don't want to touch David Bell because you're going to be able to get a better price on him later, or he's going to fall entirely out of day two, kind of either way. And now at this point, I'm still a little bit scared that he goes day three, but if he goes day two, then I'm happy to be like the guy taking the discount of David Bell, like everybody else. I I just think like when he was still viewed in tier one of this class, based on how he profiled for a lot of analytical people, it just never quite worked because the draft capital isn't going to be there. So I really do try to time these markets a little bit better, but at this point, I'm happy to take Bell because I, I think that he's, he profiles well, but like there's risk. He could go day three, but I think every kind of player at this point could go day three. So. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Um, and, and yeah, I think at this stage for me, where I'm at with this process is I'm just sweeping up those last couple of receivers that I'm really interested in. Um, because there's a lot of running backs that I'm curious to throw darts at. So for yeah. me, I'm going to take one of the last receivers that I'm I'm fairly excited about. I'm actually really excited about this guy, and he is a bit of more of a, a sleeper for some people. But it's Jalen Tolbert. Um, I really like Jalen Tolbert again from a smaller school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean he just he's just He's pretty awesome. Like you just watch him, and and he's just he does so many things really well. Um, he's so fiercely competitive. He seems like he has a really high football IQ. Um, I'm guessing again. I'm not an analytical whiz like yourself, but I'm guessing there's probably a lot of red flags that you don't like about him uh, from an analytical perspective. So uh, I understand that you're probably not worried about missing out on Jalen Tolbert, but I have high hopes for him, and especially like in the second round. Like if it was a first round, no, I'm not interested there. But when we're coming into the mid second round whatever you know especially if he does surprise people and get you know third round draft capital or something like that um i just see a lot of skills a lot of things that i'm interested in um and he had a really really crazy like i think he had like a 17 yards like average reception or something like that like in in college so i just think he's a really really smart player really hard player and he just i think he could surprise some people so i probably take jalen tolbert here um at the 204
1: yeah i'm uh that's fine we're throwing darts here at this point. I think I'm not, I'm not like, (laughs) like right at this point in time, like there's definitely no wide receivers that are, are like really high probability bets. I don't think any longer. So I think like everybody gets to kind of pick their pet players based on whatever their process is. I'm not a Tolbert guy, but I I definitely understand that there are Tolbert people. And this is kind of the range where you want to be picking guys like Tolbert. Um, I'll keep taking wide receivers uh, just because I feel like we're really running out of guys that I care about. Like you said, Uh, and I'll just take like, I don't know. I feel like there's like these three really boring players that don't excite me. And the first one is Alave at his cost, and the next one's Dotson at his cost. This is the last one, which is John Mehchi. Um Ugh. and I, I think he's just kind of meh, like his pro his production is okay, but he had a lot of target competition, so whatever. He's injured, so that kind of makes him a little bit more discounted. His draft capital is fine. He's gonna go on day two. This is just another guy where it's like I'm just kind of using him as a store of value. Like I just there's no chance this guy falls to day three of the draft there's no freaking chance that they let an alabama wide receiver with even half decent production fall to day three so i just feel like he's a safe store of value take mechie and then i'll probably try to look to trade him later but i just see other guys here it's like man this guy is too dicey and i don't know if the ceiling's high enough so i'll just take mechie and deal with the consequences of my boring decision (laughs)
2: No, I mean, I think it's you're being a bit saving time because I think yeah, I, I think, think you're, you're being hard, hard on, on yourself Mechie. there because I actually think Mechie is really really good. like I, I don't think he's ever going to be like an alpha wide receiver or anything like that, but I just I mm. think he's really good at what he does. Uh, I think he'll definitely provide value, PPR value. Um so I definitely think that's a really solid pick when you're picking in the mid second round mm-hmm. um to get a guy that you could potentially use on your squad not just somebody you can sit on the you know taxi squad and never actually touch um so yeah no I like that I think we're definitely running out of wide receivers that I'm you know hopeful of using yeah. um anywhere in their in their rookie year <laughs> yeah. um so I'm yeah. looking yeah. here at the running back board and seeing sort of I think I oh this is tough because okay yeah Mm. there's somebody that i think i should be looking at taking here but i've just he's just he's really broken my heart in this pre-draft process (laughs) i really liked him like grading his tape and um He's really disappointed me so much so he's just like fallen from grace massively. But I'm gonna if pretend you're, this you're is thinking a- about who I
1: think you're thinking of. You got plenty of time, buddy. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, that's that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't think I need to take him anywhere <laughs> and I, here.
1: And the, if you're thinking about Kyron Williams, like you could have him at the three twelve.
2: <laughs> that's horrible. You shouldn't say that. You should apologize to Mr. Williams.
1: <laughs> you can have him whenever um, you want. That's
2: couldn't be that's, less interested that's terrible um i am i'm gonna maybe here so we're in the sort of mid-second round i probably would be looking at if i'm gonna go running back here i might possibly dip into like rashad white here
1: oh darn yeah that would have been my next pick unfortunately
2: just because i like that he's athletic um and he catches really a lot of passes he's really good um one of the better receiving backs route runner you know so i think he's got that pbr upside um and I think he, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a top four or five running back as far as the draft, but I think he'll get enough draft capital where, where he'll be in the plans of the team that takes him. Um, and again, like I said, even if he's not a primary rusher or on there for the first second down, I, I could easily see him providing that PPR value so that he's usable in your fantasy squads. And in the mid second round, it's nice to get somebody you can actually use.
1: Yeah. I love, I love Rashad White. Uh, I mean, if he gets like, if, if he somehow ever got like round two draft capital, I would like half consider him as my RB2 in the class. Like that's how Ooh. much I love Rashad White. My, I, he's, he's mocked in round four. So he had lasted to this point. I would have taken him at this pick had you not <laughs> um, because he's, he's clearly like my RB4 in this class, um, just hoping that he gets some decent draft capital because he really does check all the boxes from production and size and speed and um, pass catching. But with him off the board at this point, uh, I think I'm just going to go into the quarterbacks. I'll take Malik Willis uh, at the 207. So everyone else here, I, I don't know, is going to get drafted in the first, three to, first two days. And there's not a lot of profiles I love. There's like a couple of guys that I, I kind of like that I don't think you'll take. And I hope that I, I'm right about that. Um but at this point, I just think nobody else has the same upside as Malik. I mean, the nice thing is in one quarterback, I don't even have to worry about whether he can play football because it's 207. If he totally busts out, it doesn't even hurt me. But this is a guy where, you know, if I'm, if I'm drafting quarterback in one quarterback league, they need to have massive upside. And for me, that means they have to be running a lot. And Malik Willis will also run a lot. And can he develop the other part? We'll see. But I just don't think that that risk is all that scary at the 207 and a one QB versus where you have to take him in super flex, which is going to be one one or one two.
2: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Like you said, it's, I think his rushing, you know, floor just makes him a value at that stage because he's definitely somebody that if he goes in the first round, he's going to, you know, he's going to be used at some point and you're going to be able to get some fantasy value Mm -hmm. out of him. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I think here, so I'm looking at the wide receivers. It's pretty gross. And there's a couple of guys I'm kind of interested in, but they're more third round, sort of just dart throws, probably for me. So I think I would probably here. Where are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two, oh, eight. Yeah, two oh eight. I think for me, I would probably look at possibly an Isaiah likely here. Mm. I like Isaiah Likely um a lot. And because I didn't You know, take a tight end at the top of the second Mm -hmm. coming in near the kind of back half of the second round here um, assuming he gets like second or third round draft capital or something like that um, you know obviously if he's a fifth round draft pick I'm not taking him here (laughs) but it would probably be there's one or two tight ends here that depending on their draft capital depending on where they got drafted I would maybe be looking at a tight end here near the sort of second half of the second round
1: hmm no, that's an interesting pick for sure. And uh, welcome to the to being in the tight end waters all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I will I will pick this guy even though I feel like I could probably get him as late as I want him um, since most film people just don't have like any love for this guy whatsoever. But I just it would he's ranked so much higher than this already that I I would hate myself if I didn't leave my draft with my boy. So I'm gonna take Wandale Robinson at the two nine. <sighs> um, He's... Do you know what's
2: so funny? I literally just thought for about thirty seconds about taking Wondell Robinson, oh. and I was like, ah, I was like, I could probably get him like at the very end of the second round, start of the third so round here. I but... actually
1: have Wandell ranked like higher than Bell and Mechie, Uh and and like I have him as my wide receiver nine right now. Like, I don't totally believe it. I think maybe just because I've been burned before, but like his running the mock still says he's projected to be drafted round three, and that's fine. I'm totally happy if he gets round three. I'm a little scared that he doesn't. But I mean, another guy where over the threshold every single year, he's the only him and David Bell are the only two players in this class who produced above the threshold line on yards per team pass attempt for what top 24 wide receivers the NFL eventually do in each year of their college career per game. And if you don't go per game, then Wandale is the only player in the entire class who lays claim to that despite playing on like a hybrid role at Nebraska. So I adore Wandale Robinson. I don't really care that he's short because I think that that's the kind of thing that just gets factored into draft capital. So, like, I think if the NFL tells me he's too short and he goes in round four, round five, I probably, you know, well, I'll probably still draft him because he'll be available in like round four of rookie drafts. But um, I, I won't have <laughs> as high of hopes. But uh, if he goes around three, I think he's an absolute freaking smash in in late round two, and uh, and I'm going to take him there in this draft
2: love it. Yeah, no, I definitely considered him because I was sort of thinking well, we've we've already set the parameters that we're expecting best case scenario here. <laughs> so, if we're expecting best case scenario and they get good landing spots and decent draft capital, you know, we're we're obviously in a solid territory for him. Um I think for me here at this stage, again, if we're if we're sort of assuming best case scenario, solid draft capital, solid landing spots, um I would maybe look at somebody like a Tyler Algier here. Okay. okay. Just because again i think he has that size and the you know production profile where he could handle a pretty heavy workload if he was to get a solid landing spot and a solid draft capital catching passes which obviously is super important um and with his sort of size and things like that again into the second round to get somebody that you know you could certainly potentially be using in your flex you know be using if he if he is going to land somewhere like if he goes to you know i don't know for off the top of my head if he goes to seattle or something like that you know be interesting because you know, you've got a really shaky depth chart ahead of him. Um, you know, somebody that I could see being able to use um, in year one, you know, so that's what I'm kind of looking at for it here is like, is there anybody left that I could see a path that I could use this person and actually like plug them into my uh, starting lineup anytime this season, hopefully.
1: No, that's fun. I mean, at this point, like it's take your favorite running back, right? And you can definitely, definitely see that argument with Tyler Algier two I'll take. Well, not my favorite running back, but I'll take a guy I think is going to get drafted in day two, uh, and that's Zemir White. Um, He has the size, he has the speed, he does not have the efficiency or the production or the pass catching or anything that makes me think he's good at football. But um, I think at this point, um, I mean, we see this every year where... Some jaggy running back gets drafted round three to an open depth chart, and then people get really hyped. And then they get so if I'm looking at this, this is a real draft from draft to rookie draft right now. I will take Samir White. I will hope that he lands in a really good spot, a la a Trey Sermon or a Michael Carter or Zach Moss or a Keyshawn Vaughn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then hopefully he's worth a little bit more in a month than he is now. And worst case scenario, whatever, he'll probably be a mid round pick with sufficient size and athleticism. We'll see what happens. He could wind his way into touches.
0: yeah,
2: no, absolutely. I, think, record, I think he blows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm am going to follow follow your lead here, and I'm going to take somebody that I just really like because I think we're at the okay. stage now where there it's just, go. you know, it's like, hey, get your guys, get guys that you want to see do well and you would love to see um, succeed. I'm going to take a guy that I just really enjoy watching play, and that's James Cook. So teammates of Zamir White. Um, I just think he has a really solid pass-catching ability. Um, you know, he is better runner than mm. Paul. I think some people think he is. Um, But he's really, like I said, he can actually run routes. He can actually get contested yeah, catches like and he's pretty fast as well for a running back so I like James Cook I have high hopes for him um, we'll have to see what the draft capital is but in this exercise we're assuming decent draft capital and decent landing spots. so to get him at the very end of the second round I'm quite happy to to throw that dart so there you have it second round in the books certainly not as exciting yeah. as the first but <laughs> what do you think then um, I'll just recap it quickly what would you say are the best values or the ones that they, the picks that intrigue you the most out of the second round so we have at the 201 Trey McBride, followed by Khalil Shakir, David Bell at the 203, Jalen Tolbert, 204, John Mechie, the third, Rashad White, Malik Willis, Isaiah Likely, Wandale Robinson, Tyler Algiers, Amir White, and James Cook.
1: Yeah, well, I'll take one of yours. I mean, White's the one I think that's the most interesting because I think if he gets the draft capital, he's a guy that. Not only do I think he'll rise in value like a Zamir White might, but I also just think he can play. Uh, and so he's, he's like the only guy, I think, beyond that top three, where if they get the attractive capital and the attractive landing spot and they start ascending up draft boards, like I expect a few of them to, he's the only guy I'll, I will actually follow up draft boards and want to draft versus other guys where it's like, great, take some of your white at the 2-1 and I'll take whatever wide receiver falls. So I think white is an interesting one and we'll see what happens in the draft, but I think that could be a steal if things go right for him.
2: Love it. I really like, yeah, I really like your Malik Willis pick there. I think that's a savvy pick for a one QB league because I think people have been so down on this quarterback class in general that especially in one QB leagues I think people are just going to completely forget about them and because it's fantasy football his rushing upside is just immense and it's certainly going to provide some value so in the mid second round I think that was a great pick but there you have it second round in the bag join us again for the third round where it gets really exciting or gross whichever way you want to look at it
0: I draft zero RB in Dynasty Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be mean My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Nah, forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful,
1: the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate